Welcome to a bonus episode of Quick Hits. Now, those of you who are uh, regular listeners, you know that the bonus episodes are the times that I kind of step a little outside of the normal format that you used to with quick hits and try something a little different. And I've always talked about doing this, getting together with somebody else who was very astute and knew what was going on in the world, but whose politics were a little bit different than mine and having a conversation. You don't want to have a conversation just with people you agree with. That'd be boring. So this is just kind of an experiment to see how it goes. And on the other end of the Skype line is a fellow podcaster, a science fiction writer, a Mr. J.C. Hutchins. How are you doing, J.C.? Uh, Dave, it is a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm honored. And, th- and thanks for having me on your show. So, let's get right down to it. Um, <laughs> dude, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just bat around a couple of different subjects. And, and we haven't really talked about this too much before, so I don't know exactly where you stand yeah, on it. Yeah, but, zero prep. You're absolutely right, Dave. I'm I'm interested in your opinion on a couple of things. Like, for instance, with everything that's just happened in Saudi Arabia, do you really think that the environmentalists are going to be able to keep oil producers out of Anwar any longer? Well, you know, I don't know about that because, I mean, let's face it, the stuff that's going down in, I mean, Saudi Arabia is a flaming crater of, of, of what a nation used to be right now. I mean, I don't think that there's anybody in there who's still alive. And if they are, they're heading for the borders. I mean, the U.N. has been making reports for the past three weeks about this 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 outsurge of people trying to get into neighboring countries. And, and the neighboring countries, of course, don't want these irradiated people in there. When it comes to Saudi Arabia, I, I think that we are in the environmentalists are too busy wringing their hands about a possible nuclear winter uh, after the outcome of what happened there. So um, I'm not sure how many people are watching uh, the, you know, Anwar in, in Alaska, but if, uh, if they are, there's some oil up there to be had, but like a lot of folks, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of reluctant to go drilling up there. See, now I've always thought that, that there's really no reason not to go up there because it's, you know, we're talking five square miles on, a, a landscape that's the size of South Carolina. It'd be like if South Carolina was barren and you wanted to put an airport in one corner. Yeah. And that's the kind of development that we're talking about. Now, I could see, you know, if they don't want to develop, say, the Grand Canyon, obviously, because that's, that's something useful where people go. How many people go to Anwar? Well, you know, you, you are right. I mean, it's, I, I think that right now the most, most folks who are going up there are environmentalists, are people who are concerned about the country up there, and, and journalists and scientists, I mean, trying to, trying to figure out what is underneath that, that uh, earth. But you know what? You got to talk to people who live up there, folks who have been, you know, whose whose uh, native tribes have subsisted for centuries off of the porcupine caribou that that actually travels. It, it the, the herd travels from north from Anwar down south toward uh, the border of the Arctic Circle and then back up uh, north again. Typically, this wouldn't be a problem for for developers. But the fact is, is that the calving grounds for the porcupine caribou is right, basically where the crosshairs would be for drilling in Anwar. And I think that's what has got folks so upset. Yeah, I suppose you got to consider that. Although I think if you if you really wanted to get up there and you really wanted to drill, you just have to start a rumor that if you squeeze caribou enough, oil comes out of it. <laughs> 
And then you could just set up a little thing there, uh, a, a little stand there selling caribou squeezers. <laughs> and, uh, and then it becomes a non-issue well, after you've squeezed all the caribou. Well, it's certainly, you know, there, there's, it's such a complex issue up there, Dave, because you've got, you've got uh, tribes to the north who, who live near Prudhoe Bay and Brownlow Point and places up near Anwar who they've lived a very different lifestyle from the folks who live in Arctic Village and the, the Nitsai Gwich'in who live a little, who live further south past the Brooks range. So they're basically, Anwar kind of stops, and the part of Anwar is the this huge mountain range called the Brooks Range. South of that is the Netsai Gwich'in and, and the Arct- and Arctic Village. And these are the folks who are often very vocal and very concerned about porcupine caribou and the fate of that critter and how their lives and culture depend on it. The further north you go, the harder, the harsher the conditions become. And the folks who, who live up in the tribes who live further north seem hail, hail basically from whaling stock. These guys are whalers and are often much more supportive of the drilling. So folks who live in and near Anwar but cannot benefit financially from the drilling, they look west to Prudhoe Bay and the money that's coming out of there and the development there. And, you know, the emotions run high. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever you get anything that's tribal, you're going to have issues with, with warring tribes. I think a lot of our problems as we are civilized human beings is that we're still basically at our heart pretty tribal. And, you know, if we don't have tribes like we used to based on geography or, or uh, who we're related to, we still we set up our own little tribes. You know, here's the podcasting tribe over right, here, and right. here's this religious tribe over there, and here's the sports tribe over there, and everybody kind of sets up their own little tribes. So, um, yeah, well, we're all, we're all certainly, you know, want to be a part of a community. And in the in the research that I've done, and I am certainly no expert on Alaskan uh, oil politics and who who's uh, lobbying. I think you know more about it than I do. <laughs> who's lobbying? Right, right. Well, who's lobbying for what? But I do know from from what I understand is that tribes who live to the far north of Alaska and tribes who live in, in north-central Alaska, they don't have a problem with one another on a personal level. It's just their cultures are, are different and their politics are, are kind of informed by that and you know they often have to agree to disagree. And money changes everything when you start talking about who can make the money and who can't. That's that, right. can uh, that can ruin lots of friendships. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, tell tell that to the to the friends that I've lent money to and uh, apparently never heard from again. <laughs> I always like the idea that instead of lending money, you should and I, I forget who said this, but they said don't ever lend money, just give it away because it costs the same amount anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so I mean, you just give it away. It's sad. Don't worry about it because if you lend it, you're not going to see. Yeah, it back yeah. You all, never live mon- uh, Never lend money that you wouldn't feel comfortable just losing. Okay, I think we beat that one to death without coming to any conclusions. No, but but um, I mean, I still think that that this this matter in Saudi Arabia is what's really got people concerned. So, did you see the thing? It was about a year ago or so. Uh, there was like a group of English physicians who wanted to ban pointy knives because they've had a big gun ban over there, and as a result, they've had a huge increase in crime. They actually go after people for defending themselves, and if you uh, if there's a robber in your house and you hurt him, you can go to jail longer for hurting him than uh, he will go to jail for robbing you. You're kidding. Uh, I, I hadn't heard about this. There's a there's a guy who's serving, I don't know, like four or five years, and the guy that was robbing him got like six or eight months because he had a, the guy who was defending himself had a gun. So <sighs> he got, yeah, so it's pretty insane over there. And now there's a group of doctors out there that are saying pointy knives are bad so they want to this is 
I know it sounds funny, but these guys are serious. They want to ban pointy knives. Knives don't kill people. Pointy things kill people. Pointy things kill people. (laughs) I was working in a restaurant a while ago, and part of my job was deveining shrimp. And uh, I would like to invite any of those doctors to show me how to devein shrimp with a non-pointy knife. Give me a butter knife and see uh, yeah. uh, well, I tell you what, I'm gonna see start, if they change their mind. Yeah, and I'm going to start buying stock in what Rubbermaid or whoever makes those uh, plastic cutlery because it sounds like they're going to be a big hit in, in, in Great Britain, apparently. As long as you're not pointy. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just wondering if they're going to get any traction on that now with uh, oh, yeah. that kid, you know, going after the president with a knife. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. In light of, it's really hard to forget, it's hard to remember sometimes that with this whole business of Saudi Arabia and the terrible tragedy that's happened there just a few days ago, that uh, it wasn't just three weeks ago, uh, the president at that political rally and picks up picks up Jesse Fowler. We know his we know the kid's name now. It's Jesse Fowler, four year old boy living in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's where the event took place. And picks up the kid to kiss him on the cheek for the photographs. And that that was one sharp pointy knife. Uh, it's it was it was a terrible incident. And thank goodness for the vice president at that time because he had some big shoes to fill. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're wondering where, where all this stuff is going to end. I suppose this might seem trivial now at this point, but one of the things that, that uh, the previous administration has done that really, really ticked me off was this whole Real ID thing. Oh, that they kind of yeah. snuck in with an appropriations bill. And to me, that just reeks of turning the whole country into a, may I have you on a paper, please, kind of place, you <laughs> know? Big brother, right, right. Absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, it's not like you could really hide your identity very well anyways. But this whole thing, and, and now they're talking about putting biometrics in it and retina scans and all that stuff. But I'm thinking, you know, if NEPH charges and, and sidejacking becomes commercially available then biometrics are going to be totally useless, aren't Dis- they? Disposable brains, baby. That's the wave of the future. When you start talking Neth Charge and Sijak, where you can start putting other people's personalities inside the human brain. And here's the thing, Dave. Blast your memories out of your skull altogether. You're not the one driving driving the bus anymore. you got a stranger's memories riding shotgun in your brain and pulling the switches, doing the levers, and going home to your wife. That's what's going to happen if that technology becomes commercially viable. So I think the problem here is that the administration is so far off base. They're anticipating problems, but they're a different kind of problem. Physical problems when it comes to physical identification. We're going to need a program that takes into account not your physical profile, but your mental profile. Who is the mind behind those eyes? And I think that everyone... Yeah, you're going to have to have a brain scan Yeah, a brain scan or something. And goodness knows we need that because it's coming. It's coming fast. And and I, I think that everyone is really kind of sitting on a bomb here, and they don't know about it. Okay, listeners. Now, those of you who are fans like me of the Seventh Son podcast are probably listening to this whole thing and chuckling. And those of you who... <laughs> aren't aware of it and don't know about it are going, what the <laughs> hell are they talking about? What is going on? Uh, well, folks, uh, J.C. Hutchins is the author of the Seventh Son podcast, which is three books, three uh, very, very detailed, very graphic books that talk about a time in the not-too-distant future where an experiment to clone people gets incredibly out of hand and so what we've been doing here is discussing news events that are things that have happened in this trilogy 
Now, the first two books of the trilogy are out there. You can get them. You can grab them. It's uh, what? JCHutchins.net, right? JCHutchins.net. Yes, sir. And he's about to release book three. Uh, I've listened to uh, the first two uh, with rapt attention, and I've tried a lot of different patio books. This is this one has really grabbed me more than any other. Thank you. Uh, there's lots of uh, lots of stuff blows up. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of action. There's a really elaborate story that gets more and more elaborate as it goes on. I'm personally interested in seeing how he manages to dig things out because uh, he's got such an Armageddon going on here. What what possible solution to all these huge problems can he can he have? Uh, but, prob uh, problems that your listeners have been you know we've been dropping hints left and right about what's been going on in the story. You're absolutely right. So that's what we've been talking about. So I guess you can consider this uh, an April Fool's joke <laughs> that 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 I'm sending to you a little later. Because if I did it on April first, you're smart, nice people, you'd catch on. So I waited to sneak this in a little later in the month. I highly recommend that you go and, and check this out. It's a real good novel. It's 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 a lot of fun. JC won the um, Best Patio Book Award and the Podcast Peer Awards, which is 500 podcasters and only podcasters voting for who they think is the best, and he was the clear winner. So uh, check it out, and I think you'll uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll have a good time. And uh, I think we're going to leave it at that, except to say, of course, uh, you can write me at hitman at davehit.com. You'll find the email address in the MP3 tags of this file. You can also call me at 206-203-4488. That's 206-203-HIT. And I'll be talking to you shortly with a new Real Quick Hits podcast. Thanks for listening.